Morning, Internet. Welcome to Pikapi Podcast, the show where we go through every single episode of the Pokemon series from start to finish uh, to chronicle Ash Ketchum's Pokemon journey. Today we're in the Hoenn region on episode 18 on a wingle and a prayer. But before that, this episode is brought to you by PokePress. Steven went to see Pokemon Go Fest in Chicago. If you weren't able to go, uh, th- you may have heard some rumors about stuff that happened that was less than awesome, and also some things that happened that were totally awesome. For an eyewitness account of how Pokemon Go Fest went, and what it was like, and what was fun, and what could have been better, you should check out PokePress on YouTube. They've got a video up, as well as a lot of other interviews with gamers and directors and actors, um, people from all over the Pokemon fandom. You can find those videos I mentioned and many more, again, at YouTube at PokePress or at pokepress.blogspot.com. You can check out those links I just gave you, or you can click through links that can be found on my blog page, and I'll give you my contact info at the very end of the episode. And let's get into it. Episode 18 on a wingle and a prayer. Despite the several adventures we've had here, we're not done with Rustboro City. After all, it's apparently got a famous pasta scene, and May needs her carbs. But the restaurant she's heard so much about, um, and is dying to try, is all boarded up. Because the article naming it The Place in Town is from ten years ago. So no pasta for you. And unfortunately, the directions made printed out to the restaurant are from the same promotional website as the directions she printed out to get to the dock. Basically, everything she found out about Rustboro City was from a website that hasn't been updated in 10 years. And it's Ash's worst nightmare. It's like, we can't find food or transportation to the next gym. My life is over. And I gotta say, didn't we just fix the Pokenav? Shouldn't shouldn't that have, you know, ended this problem? But I guess, I, I don't know, maybe the Pokenavi helps you on the macro scale, but not for moving within the towns themselves. Or, or maybe Max still has to reprogram it and, like, configure the satellites or something. Either way, it's so ironic that these kids were navigating, like, pros all through the Twisted Woods, and now they're lost on the city streets. And they've arrived um, at a port, but it's, like I said, it's from ten years ago. Like, nobody's used it. It's the dilapidated, as, as well as the city around it. And Max eventually sees the real port on the other side of the bay, they way miss the morning ferry. 
They're at the water's edge. There's some docks, but not a boat in sight. Like this, this may have been the happening Rustboro City port 10 years ago, but now it seems that all boats, ferries, etc. do business on the other side of town. Funny how a city can change so much in 10 years. And they missed their window. Even with the newest ferries, it still takes half a day uh, for the for the trip to be made to get to the Duford Island stop. So the kids have really lost a huge chunk of time. Ash is so cranky about it. It's delightful. <laughs> he and May, like I said last episode, it surprised me that they don't bond more over food. Like this right here is why he's so ticked at her. Uh, but he just wanted to get started on his gym battle at Duford Island. He's been waylaid a few times already, so while Brock and Max propose chilling out and taking it easy on the beach, May decides to wander down to the docks and see if there's an independent boat, like someone who will take them to Duford Island. That not only solves the problem, it probably gets them there quicker than the ferry because they won't have to stop anywhere else. Um, but this is not the nice side of town where the commercial ferries are. This is the other side of the tracks where buildings are boarded up and abandoned. Streets are deserted. Rowboats are half sunk in the water. If this were any show other than Pokemon, I'd say a little girl shouldn't be walking alone down there. Uh, but May does find a fisherman on the docks. He's not catching any fish, but is one of those incurable optimist types. He's also got a wingle named Pico, whom he thinks is the world's cutest Pokemon. And Pico is kind of cute. It's a little shy around strangers, but soon warms up to May. And when she gives it some of Brock's Pokemon food, well, that stuff, man, it's helped so many Pokemon-human relations. Like, they could almost sell it with the campaign, like, food brings world peace. Uh, but Pico being so happy makes this old man happy. His name is Mr. Briny. And any friend of Pico's is a friend of his. He also used to be a sailor and has a boat. He'll take May's friends out to Duford Island. And good thing May found him. All the other sailors in the area moved over to the shiny new port. Briny's the only guy left hanging around in this part of town. So May runs off to get her friends. Team Rocket plots on how they can use this situation to their advantage for a trap. They want to catch Wingle since it's almost as cute as Jesse's Wormble. But they're not the only ones making a plot today. Be ready for some scheme by a mysterious man in blue. Uh, but before we get to him, there's another mysterious thing going on. May shows up to Mr. Briny's house. He claims he doesn't remember her, made no promise to take her to Duford Island, and, and get off his property. How mean. But it turns out there's a good reason for it. After the kids leave, we see that Mr. Briny has been approached by a man from Team Aqua. A young sexy guy. Blue skull and crossbones bandana, black and white striped shirt, really hip sunglasses and attitude and long brownish hair. All he needs is to start beatboxing or seeing fairies and we've got a cartoon concert. <laughs> They're still on hiatus, so I kind of see them in all pirates everywhere. Um, but the dude from Team Aqua has captured Pico and is using the bird to blackmail Mr. Briny into giving him his boat. And he's got to move fast, because Officer Jenny is on Team Aqua's tail. When she runs into Ash and friends, she tells them that she set up a perimeter around the city, several checkpoints to catch this guy uh, who tried to steal from Devon Corporation a few episodes ago, and all the friends he's planning to meet up with. But after she leaves, Max hypothesizes that Officer Jenny's plan might be seen through. 
Surely Timakwa knows she's going to do that, so wouldn't they plan for it? In which case, where would these rogue Ikemen pirates meet up? Maybe in an abandoned part of town with a dock no longer in use so no one sees their getaway and the only boat using the port belongs to one old guy who can be easily overpowered? <laughs> the pieces are starting to come together, so the kids run back to Mr. Briny's shop. And now it's a showdown, Ash and Pikachu versus that Crawdont from two episodes ago. Hopefully it'll occur to them to lead with Thunderbolt this time. But uh, just as the first strikes are about to be made, suddenly smoke bombs and out of the fog, Team Rocket. Doing their motto and completely interrupting all the drama in their best way. Seriously, why did they waste their talents on crime? But anyway, they turn a vacuum cleaner on the scene below. Usual trick. The suction isn't enough for Crawdont, uh, who just digs in and resists, but Pikachu and the cage-carrying Wingle are sucked up into the balloon. Brock calls out Lotad for the rescue, who has a false start, but gets a solid hit in the end. Um, and in fact, Watergun shorts out the remote control for the Pokemon's cage, like they fall out through a trapdoor in the bottom of the balloon. Even Meowth is like, why do we have that? That's dumb. Um, so Pikachu and Pico come falling back and they land like just shy of the docks. Ash gets Pikachu, but Crawdont uh, gets Pico before Mr. Briny can. So we're back to square one. And Team Aquaman steals the boat, blasts off Team Rocket, and leaves everyone behind in the dust. It's a tragedy. But maybe hope is not all lost. Mr. Briny hasn't given up. And he has another boat. Like, whoa, he has another boat. <laughs> Hidden in a way that would make a Bond character proud. Sheesh on a stick. This is amazing. Too much money and free time on this guy's part. And the boat is shaped like a wingle. Um, but the SS wingle is sleek and magical, and it's going to get the job done. As we board to take pursuit, Mr. Briny talks about how he got bored in old age after an exciting life of sailing the seas and apparently amassing treasure. Um, and life became dark and meaningless and sepia-colored until Pico arrived. That wingle returned the feeling of youth to Mr. Briny, and every day was an adventure again. So he's not gonna let some Aqua Grunt run off with it, so back to the present. The SS Wingle charges up behind Team Aqua with the power of advanced adventure backing it up. Mr. Briny screams about how the oceans are connected, you'll never escape, give me back Pico! And the Aqua Dude's like, spare me the dramatics. But I don't know if he's noticed. <laughs> he's dressed like a hot pirate being chased by a boat shaped like a Wingle. This whole episode has been nothing but dramatics. Especially when Ash and Pikachu crawl up onto the front of the boat and finally decide to fight water with lightning. Or they would, if Crawdont didn't keep hitting the boat with water pulse and bubble beam. Ash and Pikachu are now just clinging for dear life. No one brought a life jacket on this trip, by the way. How irresponsible. But the boat Team Aqua stole is going way too fast. It's trying to get to Triangle Rock, where he'll presumably meet up with his buddies. But at this rate, he's just gonna crash and maybe drown Pico in the process. So Ash and Pikachu have to keep their head above the water and stop the boat. Or try to blow up the entire island? This time Thunderbolt goes through and now Triangle Rock is leveled. Pikachu, wow. 
but there's still enough left of of Triangle Rock to crash into. I don't know what those two were thinking. Mr. Briney comes up with another idea that's kind of on the same crazy page. He shoots ahead, turns the Wingle boat to cut directly in front of the Team Aqua's stolen boat so that they collide in a way that allows the Wingle boat to act as a ramp. The stolen boat carrying Aquaman and Pico goes flying over Triangle Rock. Like, wow. Ash and Pikachu probably could have touched the boat as it passed over them, by the way. Hoenn, man. One of the reasons I love this region so much is because it's kind of on acid. But that stops Team Aqua. Uh, Mr. Briny rescues Pico, uh, but the Team Aqua submarine suddenly rises from the depths of the ocean. Crawdont and Team Aqua get in and escape. So that didn't end as well as we'd hoped, but we at least got Pico back. Which is probably what uh, keeps Ash from complaining about the fact that it's nighttime now and he's still in Rustboro City. He's missed like three fairies over this now. But a consolation prize. That real famous pasta place May wanted to go to? It's closed down now, but the guy who used to run it is Mr. Briny's friend. So he gives the guy a call and voila! Pasta dinner. Between carbs and a promise that they'll head for Duford Island first thing in the morning, Ash's world and that of all his friends is now back on track. So the end of one of the weirder filler episodes, although... I'm not sure if it counts as filler since it does technically, like, continue an arc of the Team Aqua discovery and and that character. It is one of those episodes where, like, Team Rocket really didn't need to be here. Like, you can tell they're only written in to, like, fill up time and because, like, we've kind of got that convention where they have to be here. But really, you can cut them completely out of this episode. Like, even that where they showed up. Once they got blasted off, we were in no way changed from where we were before they showed up. It it was kind of weird, really. Much as I do love them, like, the fact that Team Rocket is sometimes completely erroneous in an episode is usually made up for by the fact that they're, like, just so darn fabulous. But that is going to be a trait of Hoenn, like... It doesn't suffer from quite the same things as Johto region did. Remember when we got into that period of just really long, repetitive, sometimes very boring filler? And the filler episodes, like, while some of them were very interesting, it really felt like they were taking away from the progression of the the story of Johto. Hoenn doesn't quite suffer from that because it has a lot more fun filler and a lot more, like, emotional and dramatic filler and... Like, it's just balanced in a better way, too, so you don't have a lot of things happening at once and then long stretches where you feel like the characters aren't progressing. Like, it doesn't suffer from that quite the same way that Johto did, but it does still have that problem of, like, Team Rocket doesn't need to be here. And that does kind of play into one of the bigger issues with Hoenn that is both a problem and a selling point. It's kind of hard to reconcile, really. And we'll probably talk about that as a few more episodes go by and we really start to get into it. It's, But it starts becoming apparent here. Like, Team Rocket for a long time has been unnecessary in many episodes, but you really see it in Hoenn, especially since there's not a bigger presence of Giovanni to tie back to. Like, they really are the only Team Rocket grunts in the region. And there is nothing going on with them besides trying to steal Pikachu and or random Pokemon of the day. 
if this is getting a little repetitive, because I think I, I feel like I talk about it every week. Sorry, but it is something I've thought a lot about, about what made Hoenn special to me that like, even though there have been many better regions since, like in terms of storytelling, like Hoenn still charms me. And I've been trying to look at that from a literary standpoint and figure out why, and also figure out like what it is about Hoenn that, that doesn't quite work because while it has a special place in my heart, there are regions I like a lot better. And why is that? Like being in a creative field that being able to analyze why something works and the things that don't and how a show progresses over time and stuff like that is really interesting to me. And I've had many years to think about what it was about the Hoenn region that like set my heart on fire for Pokemon in a way that Johto didn't much as a lot of really cool things I love happen in Johto. And one of the things that I've found really interesting about the Hoenn region is that prior to this, I kind of felt like Team Rocket was the comic relief. Like, they could be legit frightening sometimes. Like, they could be antagonistic. But, you know, ultimately when they showed up, it was for the kids. Like, because they're they're flashy and they're fun and they're full of puns. And, you know, they're just funny. And they still are. But Team Rocket is not the only villains in Hoenn. They're not the most important villains in Hoenn, despite, you know, being the most per pervasive. <laughs> like, Team Aqua and Team Magma get that honor, because they're the overarching villains, really. And Team Rocket is not the funniest thing in Hoenn. They are still comical, and they are still kind of there for the kids, because they are silly, but I would not say that they're the comic relief because you don't need to be relieved. Like, Hoenn's just a funny region. Like, nothing Team Rocket did beat out that over-the-top scene where Ash and Pikachu blew up an island and then Mr. Briny shot the boat up like a ramp. Like, that was weird and crazy and over-the-top and hilarious and Team Rocket used to be the biggest thing in a show. Like, in this episode, they weren't even the climax. Like, they weren't even the, the final boss that you had to slog your way through to get to the end. Like, they showed up in the beginning and were out by act two. So that transition in some ways really works for me. And in other ways, I can see where it will be a problem later down the road with the greater scene of Hoenn as a whole. So that's something to think about as we move forward in this show. If you've got thoughts about Hoenn and Team Rocket and this episode, you can send them to me at our blog page, pcappypodcast.blogspot.com, or in an email form to pcappypodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter at pcappypodcast. And as always, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever podcasts can be downloaded. Please rate, review, subscribe so that other people can find us. But thanks as always for listening. Until next time, this has been Peak Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. I used to see the rainfall and try to catch the droplets in my hands. I used to see the rainfall and marvel how it could change the whole land to green.
the rain quite the same anymore. The storm is growing closer now, and I should run for cover. But this was always my choice, and I will never choose another.